think it's time we blow this scene. Get everybody and the stuff together. Okay, three, two, one, let's jam. Razzle Dazzle, a podcast about video games and pop culture with an emphasis on our favorites. All right, it's Razzle Dazzle time. I'm your host, Jared. I'm Patrick. That's the sound guy, Joe. Hello. And joining us from Three Song Stories and WGCU, welcome again, Richard Chinqui. Hey. I also forgot to say that he's the guy who says uh, the start of tech. It's true. Yeah. I'm very famous. You Whoa. are You are a part of Seatbelts. No Right? Way. Yeah, now officially. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> cool. Because we said it. <laughs> So, Richard, do you want to tell us what we're talking about today? Today we're talking about Cowboy Bebop, Woo! which might be a perfect right. anime. Yeah? Yeah. I think so. Like, after what? Okay. As, full disclosure, you've been on me about watching this show for, like, what, a month or two? Or, like, a couple months? Yeah. It's As required reading. Yeah. 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 Required yeah. reading. So, uh, it's taken me a few months to watch it because I wanted to, like, take my time with it, mm, yeah. fully digest it, you know, come to terms with everything. All the craziness that's that's happened in the show and stuff, and I brought it up in past episodes too with you, Patrick. We talked about it a little bit in the Delta. I don't remember which one, but it doesn't matter. And thank you. Oh, shit. Yeah. <laughs> thank you. Like, I... Thank yourself, Jared. <laughs> you did it for yourself. Right? But, like, without you, I wouldn't have watched this, and I mm. wouldn't have fallen in love with what Cowboy Bebop is, because this is unlike any other anime that I'm aware of or that I have watched... So, uh, where do we where do you want to begin? Well, so you said it was unlike anything else that you had watched. Yeah. So I'm actually going to read a thing that um, is kind of like a deep cut for the show. Uh, forgive the, this paragraph of text that I'm about to read. <laughs> Once upon a time in New York City in 1941, at this club open to all co- uh, comers to play night after night at a club named Minston's Playhouse in Harlem, they played jazz sessions, competing with each other. Young jazz men with a new sense uh, are, are gathering. At last, they created a new genre itself. They're sick and tired of the conventional fixed-style jazz. They're eager to play jazz more freely as they wish. Then, in 2071, in the universe, the bounty hunters who are gathering in the spaceship Bebop will play freely without fear of risky things. They must create new dreams and films by breaking traditional styles. The work, which becomes a new genre itself, will be called... Cowboy Bebop. Bebop. Yep. Yeah, it's from the it's from the cards yeah, uh, when from they the transition between yeah. Yeah. It is a genre unto itself. Um it's it's uh it is anime because it's an animated show from Japan. Um other than that, it's it's, it's not a, really anime. I don't know what to call it. Yeah, I mean, it's a show that is sci-fi and noir mm-hmm. and hard-boiled and comedy. Um it's this, it's described here on the Wikipedia because yeah. that's official as <laughs> neo noir. Uh, accurate that's the genre. Yeah, you know yeah, that makes sense. But yeah. there's also you know there's the episode where Jet fights uh, Andy the cowboy, right? And that's a western episode. Yeah. Um, that space ends in a samurai western. episode. Yeah, yeah. and there's <laughs> you know we we do space horror. Yeah, you know? with the oh, uh, my, that one was one of my favorites for sure. Oh, that one is my favorite. Eight? Episode ten. Ten. Yeah, it's got yeah. An, it's got an aliens reference when Spike's mm-hmm. got the he's got the flamethrower. Um. It uh, there is no single genre. Um, I think uh, so. Shinichiro Watanabe, the director, the creator, mm-hmm. um, he talked about before in interviews um, n- 
that if you get stuck making something in one mode, yeah. then it will eventually kind of just wither. Not because you're doing it badly, but because like if everybody knows all the hits, all the beats, then there's not really anything to expect except for what we already know. Mm-hmm. That's not very exciting. And so he made a story, and the story is a through line. Like the characters maintain, they're they're constant through. Yeah. Um, but but the genres change, the color palettes change from when they go from like world to world. It it's hard to describe it to people other than like it's hard to pinpoint it. It's yeah. Like a singular thing because it's not a singular. It's thing. not. That can be said with the style, like the visuals, the dialogue, the story arcs, you the know, music. the music, especially like there's so many different elements going on into this one show. But I think what people will mainly get out of it or just immediately think by the title, Cowboy Bebop. Yeah. A Western. Yeah, that's but fair. There are Western elements, sure, but that's not all what it is. Yeah, and um, and so here in the <clears> show, right, cowboy is like a almost a derogatory term yeah. for bounty hunters. Right. Um, and so the characters are all called cowboys, um, and then Bebop is the name of the ship that they're yeah. on—a fishing ship. It's not a—that's what it is. Yeah, it's not like a con- like a battleship or a transport. Makes, makes sense because it looks like a, well, a boat. They always land it in, in water. In water, yeah, it's a fishing yeah. ship. Um, so uh, that's on purpose too, hmm. because it's just—it's just a kind of one of those. I don't know. Do you, do you want me to get into the, like the big theme? I mean, I was just about to bring it up, but like it's on purpose, right? Yeah, a lot of things in this show is here yeah. on purpose like all the details it's intentional and, right every Everything. part of the show is inten- yeah. and the main thing or the main theme about the show is the main theme of Cowboy Bebop is um, th- that that the <laughs> it jump it's, it takes place in the middle mm-hmm. in the second act of almost all of the characters lives and the theme is that your past um, has ramifications. It will mm-hmm. catch up to you. It will affect you. You can't leave behind the things that have happened. Um, so, uh, without going too deep into the characters, which I know we're going to talk about individually yeah. anyway, yeah. we'll do the boat because <laughs> it's like the boat's like the easiest one. Right. Um, the Bebop is a boat that is a ship <laughs> that that uh, bounty hunters live on, right? But it's a fishing ship. Mm-hmm. It's just now it's being used as a bounty hunter ship it's in its second act right like when when that boat was made it was made so people could fish right and now they're doing something else with it they still do fish a lot and they still too. do fish a lot um but like so all of the characters are like that right they've had they're they're not um one of the weaknesses of a lot of anime one of the modes that it's stuck in is that like in a way to make to make it more accessible to a younger audience to make new ideas of the show accessible and easy to understand or easy to explain for with exposition for no reason we make our characters young a lot of yeah. times they're in school, high right? School, high school is very popular. Teens, teens. Yeah, and so the you know the strength of that is that they've got their whole life in front of them. Yeah. You can explain a lot of stuff to the audience they're because learning. they have to be explained to the characters. But the weakness of that is that like, what does that kid know? Like they don't Nothing. know anything. So like when these when those young characters you know dig, dig deep down into like their experience, they're they're going nowhere. Yeah. When when Jet digs into his experiences, like. He was a cop before yes. this. He had a whole life before episode one, and it's done. Like, that part's done. <laughs> it's not he's, – he's not even in that part. It's already, what, five years behind him? Maybe more? Yeah, yeah. Um, you could do a really good anime yeah. about um, a cop who finds himself in the middle of a corrupt department mm-hmm. who's trying his best 
to fight back against not only like the syndicate in that town that's running all the crime, but the cops who are complicit in it or even like skimming off the top and the way that he that he runs afoul of them and is they're trying to like take him out. That would be a great show. Yeah. That already happened. Mm hmm. Now Jet's doing other stuff. There can be like, a show. I, that's what I love. Every character has that, and I love that's it. The like, whole, that's Jet, the theme of the show. Yeah. Like, Jet's background, to me, is like, I would want a show with just all of that. And then mm-hmm. we kind of got that, and I was very disappointed. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But, like, the in the anime itself, when I'm watching the anime, I'm like, wow, Spike is super cool. I want to know. what want to see that show. I wanna, like, yeah. what is this thing with Vicious? And then, like... But, but it's always like hinted at, but it's mm-hmm. never really there, and you yeah. can feel. And you'd the watch history. that show, right? That would be that would be a show about um, a, a gang enforcer who is in tight with like another guy uh, in the gang, and he falls in love with the wrong lady, and um, he wants out, and it's about his struggle to find the angle of escape, and ultimately, you know, the kind of tragic uh, escalation that happens because of it. I would watch that show. Yeah. They didn't make that show. <laughs> they made a show about characters. And those are the two first characters we meet, the two main characters mm-hmm. of the show. Um, I would say – and for the record, I would say that Bebop has three main characters and that it has one lead character among them. Um, Spike is the lead character of the show. Of I think it's about him. But um, Spike, Jet, and Faye are like the main characters. And they're the ones that this applies the most to. Like they, they, they all had something before them that is going to catch up with them as the show moves forward. And they're all approaching it differently, like how to address the fact that their past is back there. But but the important thing is that they're all grownups. And not only did they have – so like that, that version of the Jet show where it's a cop and he's you know fighting back corruption, that guy's already lived a lot of his life if he's already a police detective. But he's in the middle of this act, right? Like he's in the middle of the like, oh, this is exciting. Things are going sideways. But we're not even there with this adult character we're here at the bottom of the first arc and at the at the bottom of the second arc like he's we're gonna see a new thing mm-hmm. um and i think that i if i made a list if i tried to make a list of other anime that does that i feel like i'd struggle i i, I can't think of any at the top of my head i'm sure there might be a few but shows where characters honestly the next uh Watanabe, uh samurai shampoo is like that the characters the three main characters <laughs> are all in their second act and they're trying to do something new since their past is kind of something they're trying to get away from. Mm. Uh, full, he, full disclosures for yeah. the audience. Major spoiler uh, for the entirety of Cowboy Bebop. Yeah. So this is, I feel very heavy about spoilers, especially like with Final Fantasy VII and I feel the same towards this. Like the same level mm-hmm. of spoiler warnings for, for Final Fantasy VII I would have with this. Joe, shut up. Um, so keep in mind, big spoilers. So this, this is huge. You knew exactly what I was yeah, going to say. Yeah, stop, stop. This one too? <laughs> I'm bleeping that out. I'm still bleeping that out. <laughs> does she? Does she? Yeah. So, um. Cool. Kind of. One thing, one thing I like actually, about. It's actually 100%. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. Oh, no. Audience, you will know if you watch it. Mm-hmm. Um. One thing I like, it, we don't start off with all the characters on the Bebop already. Mm-hmm. You know, we only start off with two and end up throughout the show, throughout the series, we pick up Ayn, then Faye, then it's a while until we get Edward. Yep. And I really like that as, as – it's a nice change of pace. It's a, it's a shift in, like, 
like how you do a pilot compared to other yeah. anime because yeah. like most animes I've watched it's always like first episode wow look at all these colorful characters <laughs> here's the sum that you're going to see yeah. here's, here's the sum that are going to we whittle it down later. It go the other way here's everybody less less main character yeah, yeah. yeah. what you should ask yourself is because we say like it's a shift but this is a 20 30 it's a 30 year old show so, so like is, yeah. these new shows know about Cowboy Bebop yeah. and still choose to do it the other way um, and that says something too. I think it's uh, for the record. Like I think it's it's perfect. perfect. I think it's genius. But I also think that writing it that way is probably incredibly difficult. Yeah. And so, like I understand why you wouldn't write it. <laughs> it's hard. You already got to write their whole past so you yeah. can know yeah. how to do the second act. Yeah. You know, <laughs> think so, how hard that must be to create a character so right? deep and then go. No one's ever going to see any of that. <laughs> like the, the only other, not an anime, but the only other thing I can think of that's kind of like that might be Star Wars. Because there's the whole prequel line, but I have no idea if George Lucas was even actually thinking about, like, right. in detail about the Clone Wars. Yes, the Clone Wars is mentioned in Episode Four, but you know what you it's know? like. Um, so I do I do a decent amount of DMing, right? And it's like that because you have to create right. a cohesive world with characters, yeah. and if you're good at it, all of your NPCs have like um, they have um, their like what they what they um, what they fear, mm-hmm. what their goals are. And what um and what's like motivating them day to day? Like you have to know that about a random NPC that people might bump into. A, sh- a, sh- a shield seller needs to have those three <laughs> things, right? And they might never meet that guy. <laughs> and you've got to write all these things because it has to be a cohesive world, right? That could be frustrating. And then if it's like important to the plot, then you have like you do what they do at Bebop. You have this like whole thing. Yeah. This is fan- like elaborate, mm-hmm. and then like you could dive into it, but better not to. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, um, and that's and that's that's kind of a shame. In fact, um, I'm sure that the live action is going to be a thing here in this conversation. Yes. But uh, honestly, we'll get there. <laughs> now that I've now that I've chewed on that, and and now that we've gotten to that point where we're talking about that, what you just said, I think that would have actually been a really palatable live action show for me. Mm. Is if they had said if it had been called Cowboy Bebop Jet, oh. and you get a one season of like the Young Jet, the and... yeah with the with the the police. And you know, and and um, and, being and uh, what is it? Um, Alicia, I think. Yeah, Alyssa. Yeah, um, like all of that, and then it ends with him like buying the bebop, buying the bebop, and, and having the watch maybe too. Yeah, yeah, stops. yeah. The last shot, the last shot would right. be him like looking at the watch, right? Which we're going to talk about the watch. Yeah. <laughs> um, I love that um, episode. And then, the, and then the second, and then the second season would be um, you know, uh, John Cho. Well, I would do John Cho. Resp- oh yeah, you could do face. Sec- I would hit Spike though because you don't want to. Have the show you get canceled and then not? With, I guess you don't want to start with Spike. You got to start with. I think you start with Jet because you get the ship, right? And then Spike, you do the syndicate, you do all of the vicious and Julia, and how he meets up with Jet. He pretends to die, and then and then yeah, he meets Jet on the Bebop, which we right. still we, we've we don't never know. seen. We don't know how, you know? how he does um, that. So they could write that, like they they would be choosing right. how that happened. And then, you know, that's eight episodes or whatever. And then season three would be Faye. And then you could probably be done. But, like, you get three good seasons mm-hmm. of content that didn't exist before. I think the pushback would have been less because what they did with the show was, like, this weird one foot one foot in, one foot out. Uh, like, yeah. like we're going to do actual episodes, but not really. Um, and and so, um, you know, I was I was talking with Jared this, this week or yeah. maybe last week about it. And one of the most frustrating parts was um, if somebody says – where do the episodes in the live action like fit into the show? And the answer is they don't. They really They're don't. not connected. No. It's, it's just um, it's just cram jam. It's not separate. The same. It's, it's like a parallel universe. Yeah, it's not the same exact show. Uh, the timeline is off. Like the the order of uh, sequence of events 
is mixed matched together. Like in the, the first episode, the live the action we have Faye. Also are different too. The characters are different. Faye's a completely different character than what she I is. I agree in. as well. Oh yeah, Julia, Jesus. It, that's a that's the biggest departure, probably. Mm-hmm. Well, Vicious is the biggest departure. Vicious, but yeah. ju- but it's kind of two sides of the coin. Yeah. I think that that version of Vicious got written so that they could make that version of Julia, and I think both of them are served less for it. Um, I will I will talk to you about a comparison that I brought up <laughs> several times with several people about this and I think it maybe draws it in, a, in the straightest line possible in episode 5 of the anime yep. Ballad of Fallen Angels oh, man. Um, we we meet Vicious Faye meets Vicious and she's she's gonna go uh, catch Mao Yenrai she goes to the opera house mm-hmm. he's dead and they sit her down in the chair and Vicious leans over his, her shoulder and he says like you know you're shaking and she says who are you Vicious yeah and he says vicious and the shot of her face yep. is incredible like it's horror mm-hmm. which tells me a couple of things one mm-hmm. Faye knows what that means like she knows this guy even if she doesn't know his face she would have recognized him but when he says vicious just by the name she's terrified and then they cut away we don't actually know why he's terrifying like he killed a guy He's killed. He killed first episode. Um, yeah, in the right? beginning of that episode, he kills yeah. um, uh, the other syndicate guys. But mm-hmm. like, but we've so he, a gangster killed other gangsters. Like, why is that? She's a bounty hunter. Yeah, right. She's seen a she's body been and doing she's, bounties for she's two been, years. She's been, yeah, she's been in gunfights. Like we've seen already shown that she's a badass. Yeah, yeah, yeah she's yeah. very capable. So like, why? So she looks this this terrified way, and the reason that that's valuable is because it tells us very quickly what kind of man this is that she's sitting next to, and. The the vicious in in the live action show is not only a f- pretty far afield from that character, but even if you don't know that, the problem is is they feed us a lot of him in every episode. Like like he's like the B plot, you know. It's like we see Bebop yeah. and the vicious arc, yeah. and the B plot and the vicious arc, and so so the Bebop stuff is is half the show, and then we just we're getting so much of him that we don't have this like terrifying lurking thing in the we're background. We're desensitized. We're, yeah, a little bit. Well, not just desensitized, which is true, but we're we're getting to know him. Yeah. yeah. We lose the mystery. It, it would be yeah. yeah. Imagine imagine if in Jaws, every 10 minutes we cut to the shark like a shot of Jaws swimming in the water and then we cut back to like what's happening. Right. So the reason <clears throat> that Jaws is so effective is because you don't even see the shark until the third act. And Same thing with Alien. And same thing with Alien. Yeah, like imagine if we kept seeing the alien like scuttling through something for yeah. a, for the for for a jump scare, a cheap scare yeah. that's that is barely worth the value. But what it does is it takes away the mystery of what's that thing crawling around this whole movie. That's vicious, right? He's we see him. He's dangerous. He's yep. killing people, but he doesn't really seem to. We don't know really why until the end of that episode that's when true. he and Spike go at it, and we realize, like, this is a person that's dangerous. Like, he's really dangerous. He's up to par with Spike. Yeah. And Spike, we've seen already through, through the last four episodes how capable, like how much of a everybody badass he is, yeah. right? Like, Hakeem, I love Hakeem, mm-hmm. right? He he was doing good against Spike, mm-hmm. but still not enough, right? Mm-hmm. Then comes Vicious. Brand new character, and we're like, oh, who's this guy? Right? Who's this blonde son of a bitch? One thing that I love about right. Vicious is, yeah, he's dark. He's mysterious. We don't know Jack about him or what he's doing or what he's planning. Even up until the the, the last couple of episodes where we, you know, he's planning a coup and stuff. Mm-hmm. We don't see that planning in the anime, but the entirety of the live action, it's whenever it's him, is just going through that. Yeah. Now, in retrospect, if that wasn't in the live action, would I like to see how he did this? 
yes, but maybe for one episode. Yeah, I not like the entire series because in the anime, it's very much like first time we have vicious meeting with the elders it's very much implied like i'm gonna do this eventually and the elders are like we know you're gonna do this eventually which is how gangsters would work though yeah and then it sets that like oh boy yeah the tension's already there and and then it happens and you're like it just immediate it's there it happens Mm -hmm. and then immediately it goes against the vicious and Mm -hmm. you're like Oh, so so is that it? Is that right. it? And then yeah. It I said back I said this again. to so good. I said this to Richard like earlier this week <sighs> that in the live action, Vicious is a yeah. yeah. That's a big problem Real. with it is so he's. I think that they write him super insecure for yeah. a couple of reasons. One, they really wanted to do like his dad is the okay. They needed him to be inferior to Spike for one, and so what they did was they made them like partners like they were in the in the anime. But that it turns out Spike was actually like carrying all of the load, and that Vicious was just like he was getting his stuff cleaned up because he's a sociopath. Um, and then, and then additionally, the old, so then if you write him that way, though, it's like, well, why he's why is he there then? Like Spike's there because he gets done. Yeah. Why is why is Vicious around in this gang? It's oh, his daddy's in charge of the gang, and so like now he's. But then, so now we're gonna write him with daddy issues. We're gonna write him as insecure. Julie's yep. gonna leave him. But the problem is, is does this sound like somebody whose very presence is menacing? Nope. No, it's not. No, he's dangerous because he's like psychotic, but he doesn't. He doesn't walk with the weight of the room. And the and the the vicious in the show, um, in the anime, he he does like when yep. he moves around, he's he's terrifying, and he should be because he's a person who's like capable enough and ruthless and vicious enough to. Take over a whole gang with like five guys. Yeah, that vicious has or does to me what Sephiroth does to me. Yeah, you know, and and it's not for nothing, right? Yeah, long, like long sword, black cloak, white mm-hmm. hair, like mm-hmm. this. Not for nothing. Um, so and then and then um, so double spoiler alert, I guess. But like this is <laughs> the, the place where the live action leaves him. Yeah, is um is just so far from anything I th- I feel like of of value for for the character that we know. Um, so you know. And it, and it ruins – so I guess we'll do this. It ruins maybe one of the most iconic shots that they could have had. Oh. And it shows, I think, what I was talking about with like the one foot in, one foot out. Yeah. Like I feel like if you're going to make an adaptation from anime to live action or from video game to movie to cartoon to whatever, um, either either do your best to, to bring it into that space one-to-one yep. so that you're just, you're just transferring the medium. You're trying to make it an interesting – version of what you had or or just redo it whole cloth because maybe, they maybe yeah. change like some of the technical stuff like maybe some of the choreography sure whatever right. as long as the key moments are hit it's fine right and so and so um we'll do this because this is really the, the big <laughs> it's the big crime in the in yeah. the season in, yeah. in the show if you're going to do Cowboy Bebop, you're going to do Episode 5, Ballad of Fallen Angels. You're going to do the church scene. You're yep. going to do the sword and the gun with Spike and Vicious. You're going to do the window, and you're going to throw Spike through that window. Yep. It has to happen. The second that that I knew they were in that church, I was like, okay, we're going to get to see it. I had already. It was the end of the show. Yep. Um, I, I had already had pretty low moments with it. A couple of pretty high moments, too, but like a lot of it was just not great. So I was like, let's at least get this scene in. I want to see it, and I want to see how they do it. Um, and the problem with it is multifaceted, but the big one is we get all the way to um, – they get up to the window. They have their back and forth. They're in that stalemate with the gun and the sword pressed against each other, mm-hmm. and they do the sh- not only the shot 
exactly as in the anime, but they do the lines exactly as in the anime. Right? I bled all that. Right. Yeah. All. Yeah. Do you know? Do you know what you look like right now? What yeah. a beast that feeds on the blood of other animals. I or of other beasts. I bled all that blood out a long time ago. Then why are you still alive? They do it exactly the same. Mm-hmm. And then Julia shoots them both. <laughs> she shoots them out the window. Is that right? It, I, I forgot she, it a week. She right? shoots them out the window. She shoots vicious down. Yes, and then she shoots Spike, and he goes out the window. Yes. So in the in the anime, for those of you who haven't done your homework, they shoot Shameful. and stab each other simultaneously. Yes. And then Vicious grabs Spike by his face, which is incredible, and just shoves him through a stained glass window after being shot. After being shot in the shoulder, yeah. Spike falls through the window and drops grenades as he falls through, and we get this beautiful explosion. This green green bird plays yeah. um, as he falls, and. That's the first time we really get some good flashbacks about what this is all about, which mm-hmm. is – that's the other thing. It's like there's mystery there and they feed us little flashbacks in that fall. There's answers but that leads to more questions. Right. But before that, we just have the real world interactions. Like yep. Spike knows what it's about. Vicious knows what it's about. That's enough. We don't. We don't. And and instead, we get the same scene except now we've seen all of the stuff including an, edif- an episode dedicated to what happened. Yeah, the, flashback the one before episode. that, right? Jeez, and and instead of the two, you know, rivals who are like mirror match, yep. um, harming each other and potentially killing each other, we have this one other character killing if, if maybe both of them, and it and it leaves vicious like in a in a dungeon. Yep. Where Julia, it's like a boiler room. Yeah, it's a boiler room, and she cuffs him up, and she's like, "I'll see you later." And then, and then Spike is off the bebop, and we don't know what's going to happen there. And um, it's they go, they do one, 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 like exactly the same. And yep. then we get like we get to the real good moment of this thing, and then we go, we're going to do it exactly the opposite of what happened, and it's weaker, maybe on every front. Yes, um, they we we lose almost the whole point, and I think that a big problem with the show is that the I I hate to throw bombs, but like I feel like the people who did the writing um, mm-hmm. struggled with what makes the characters or the scenes good. I think that they focused on the wrong part and amplified those while turning down the other things. Mm-hmm. So like we've talked about Vicious, so we'll do Vicious. Like Vicious is what makes him great. It's not that he's like a sword guy and that he's dangerous. Those are important, but it's not that interesting. There's a lot of dangerous people in this world. It's that he is vicious. It's that he's ruthless and he's cold and he doesn't love anything. He doesn't love anything. Mm-hmm. He will destroy whatever he, to, for, to get what he wants. And what he wants is really just to kill Spike. And he died in his head. He thinks Spike's dead. So he just doesn't care about anything. We only get the he's a sword guy and kills things. Everything else is a different character. He does care about things. He cares about his dad's approval. He cares about Julia. He cares about Julia. He wants to run the gang. Yep. I think that, that the vicious in the anime would burn the gang down and just take over another gang. <laughs> like right? he wouldn't care yeah. about the actual being in charge. Um, and and by even picking, though he achieved that, yeah, he, yeah, it's it's not it's it's not a feasible uh, character based on what we know about him in the anime. Yeah, which means you're rewriting the character. But if we're doing that, then what are we doing? Like what? Then like you might as well change the whole show. And and this is this which is they kind of did. Which they kind of did. I think a lot of the show, a lot of the changes in the show, I have this written down in big caps on my thing. But like, <laughs> I think I think a lot of the um, um, the the problems with the show um, are kind of a central issue. And the issue is, um, I, I 
I blame Game of Thrones. <laughs> and it's not really Game of Thrones' fault, but it's it's the best one. Um, oh. At some point, we all began to to agree that if you're going to do like a non-broadcast show where you yep. can do it as long or as short as you want, that like 50 minutes is kind of the exact right length for a show. Cowboy Bebop is 22-minute long episodes, and they tell incredible stories in 22 minutes. The first episode, Asteroid Blues, is a tiny movie. I was going to bring it up. You could watch nothing else. Listen to me, people listening to this podcast, if you're like, I don't really know about this Cowboy Bebop thing. Just watch the first episode, and if you don't like it, I'm glad you watched a tiny, awesome movie. It's heart-wrenching, and it's fun, and it's exciting, and it's thoughtful. It has everything you could want from the entire series in one 22 minute episode. Yeah. That's that's the thing I wanted to bring up that I didn't really like about the show. The pacing to me was really off because yes. despite it being a longer episode, it felt faster. Yeah. Um and like yeah. cuz when I'm watching Cowboy Bebop, m- one of my favorite parts of that show is the establishing shots or anything when the music starts playing. Mm. Everything is slowed and down. And the characters kind of have to come to grips with whatever is yeah. like they're staring. There's there's so many shots uh, shots uh, <laughs> in this a shot. a- anime yeah. where it's just like either it's two people having a conversation and it is the exact same drawing with no movement except for maybe the background. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And yeah. Like, we talked about that today. We did. Yeah. First, it's amazing strategy to save budget. 100%. Yeah. <laughs> That's um, what we were talking about. Yeah. <laughs> um, but also uh, it really – because when the music plays as well uh, or when they do this with establishing location where they kind of start showing shots of different places with the people moving about, it really like sets here is where we are. Yeah. This is what we're doing. But when I was watching the show, I didn't – Get that no, it's a lot all. more sound stagey, um, and it's funny that you bring that up because I think you're I think you're super right, but I also feel like uh, scene to scene they are slow. Or I don't mean slow. Um, so I think you know we all watch anime. Filler is like death. Oh yeah, yep. and this show is basically like a show full of filler in every episode. I think what happened is they're like we're going to make these fifty minute episodes. And then we're going to tell these stories from this show that does 22-minute episodes, and so we need to fill. So what are we going to fill with first? Well, first, we're going to do Vicious, Vicious, the B-plot. Yep. So now we have a bunch of stuff that we don't really like to fill time. Or wasn't done right. Or wasn't done right. But also, at a a micro level, like, um, Spike isn't what I would call... um, Smart alecky in the in the right. anime, yeah, right. Like he he's he he's got some one liners. He's got wits. He's witty, but he doesn't really he doesn't talk back a lot. He doesn't he doesn't just throw out like he's snark, not He's not Spider Man. He's not snarky joke guy. And most of the time he's quiet. He's, like, yeah. he's when very people he's around very him reserved. Like yeah, he's quiet. Um, in the live action, uh, Jet and or Spike and Faye do a lot of like Marvel tier. Back and yeah, forth that, jokes. Shower bath shower. That whole shower bath shower, episode, yeah. um, I think it was might be episode three where Jet was like going off doing his police stuff. Yeah. Or like, you know, when his past yeah. ca- ca- caught up to him. Mm-hmm. The only thing Faye and Spike were doing comparing was war doing stories. That. Yeah, yeah. Like and then and then for so- somehow Jet was like oh, I'm sorry, Spike was like, respects. Now they're getting along. Right, because of how, I think what that that I think that that line is actually a really good one to men- to mention because um, you know I know that th- there's probably an urge to modernize there and that's right. fine, but I just mean like um, we understand now in 2022 that like what 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 that entails like if somebody says like well I caught this guy right and we, whoa respect right yeah 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 my thing is is that Spike one like let's say he feels that emotion mm-hmm. the anime Spike 
he still wouldn't say whatever the '90s equivalent nope. is of that. Like he he would um, he would he would whistle. He'd, that's it. That's what you get from Spike. And I feel like take that idea that we just described and just stretch it over ten episodes. Yep. And that's the dialogue in the show. Um, ironically, um, because of the casting decision, I think um, Jet is the closest to the to the anime Jet because most as far as as far as his actions as far as his actions. I, I do think there was a great cast. His, his I think so too. His dialogue is really solid yep. for the character, and because of that. The actor is able to deliver a jet that we know. Um, but yet there's still some foreign elements about it because jet, this jet in the live action constantly repeats, we got to work together. We are a family. You know, we got to yeah. be a team. Oh, okay. Yeah. Where in the anime, he doesn't. Like, no, you're right. And I think that's another. So or at that, least not to that degree. No, no, no. You, no, you're correct. I think that that's another um, incident of like not understanding which part to, to turn up. Um, jet is like Jet is uh, ship dad. Yeah, yeah. So um, um, I have in here that they he's he's living the life um, that he he's trying right. to live the life that he would have had if things had actually gone correctly. Yep. Remember, he's not. He doesn't want to be a vagabond like the others are kind of comfortable being. He tried to have a family. family. He was a cop, <laughs> and he was trying to have a wife. Yep. And that fell apart. He's doing the almost cop thing now. He's got a crew. Who who makes who makes the meals? He does. Yeah. Right. He always so cooks. He always cooks. Right. He always and they, tries and, to provide. And he calls them for way. dinner. Right. Yeah. He's like, hey, dinner's up. So, uh, he's he's ship dad, and I think that they they tried to crank that so that you wouldn't miss it. Right. But I think they went uh, half too far, yeah. <laughs> and so you end up with with that with like just a little too much on the nose. Like we need to, we're we're teams, aren't we? Um, I I mean, this is the same character we're supposed to believe that in the anime Ballad of Fallen Angels, mm. Spike's like, you know, he's like, you know, this is a trap, right? He's like, yep, nothing for it. I gotta go. And he's like, well, I'm not I'm not going with you then if you go. Yeah. Right. And he's like, he's like, he says your call. Right. He gets in the he gets into the swordfish and he's like ready for takeoff. Right. And he's like, I'm not backing you up. And he's Spike's entire line there is your call. And he takes off. If I'm not mistaken, I don't know if it was that episode, but it might be another one. But didn't didn't uh, Jet say, you know, um, make sure to bring something back or whatever. And at the end of the episode, uh, Spike is there. So oh, like, this is the end. Of, no, at the end of the show. That's what that was. Yeah. Um. What did you say? What you're gonna say? Yeah. Um. Jet. Uh. Told Spike before he left, like, make sure to bring back that bounty or whatever, and and. Oh, if you don't come back, don't if come you back don't at come all. Come back. Yeah, you're you're not gonna yeah. be allowed on the ship. Yes. At the end of the episode, he was like, "Did you bring anything? No. Get get all over right. here. Yeah. Come on. It's almost dinner time. Yeah, we're taking off. Yeah. Right. Um. That he is. He cares. See, like that's right. we talked yeah. about this, and it's one of the greatest things I love about the show is that. As the characters develop, as the story progresses, at first they're very standoffish with each other, especially when when Faye comes mm-hmm. aboard. But with Faye's whole thing, she lost her memory, lost her family. She doesn't have a home, but she finds it within the Bebop and within these characters. Correct. Now, they will never blatantly say, hey, man, I love you. Thank you for 
doing stuff for me. Thank you for helping me out. They'll never say that. No, they just shoot their gun into the wall a bunch of times when they can't stop them from going. Yes. That was heartbreaking. It's an amazing scene. We see how much Faye cares about just Spike, and even though Spike can be an asshole. And also think about every Spike and Faye interaction before that. Exactly. They're they're, they're at each other's throats. It's like a brother and sister. Yeah. They know how to fight with each other Uh specifically. And we get to see that dynamic break when Faye's in the shower and she remembers all all of her stuff, yes. she stumbles out and she bumps into Spike. To Spike and he's like, hey, watch it, right? And they're standard and she just looks at him and she's like, I'm sorry. And he's like, you're, you're sorry? You don't, you don't apologize. She's like, <laughs> what I, are you doing? And she's like, I gotta go. And she leaves and he's got this look on his face yeah. because we get to see that like that's not their dynamic. Yeah. Um, and so then, yeah, so later when she tries to stop him, yeah, mm-hmm. it, is, it, is, it is really heartbreaking. Um, and that scene uh, where he walks through the eye, I told Jared, oh, that I told him when he started watching the show oh. that there's, there's, I was like, there's a scene at the end of the show <laughs> about Spike and about something about him. But I can't tell you anything more than it's about Spike and it's about something about him that he reveals at the end of the show. And when he says it, the whole context of the show is going to change because there's a lot of moments in it where he references seeing, seeing the past, being stuck in the past, your eyes, like look at what you're looking at, what you're really looking at. Um, He, he lives moment to moment, kind of stuck in that state between his first life and the current life he's trying to live Mm -hmm. um, in a way that the other characters aren't. Um, So I'm going to do, so we don't miss it because I don't, I don't want to, past this the character each of the three of them right um so we said earlier the show is about characters and their pasts and not being able to like escape your past so um when we when jet starts in the arc of his character right he's a cop he's a good cop he's got a girlfriend it's going great she leaves him yep he gets shot for being a good cop on his arm loses his arm um and uh he spends the second act, which is where we meet him, trying to basically recreate that, right? He's stuck. The time, time, it's, this is a not, this is a very straight up and down metaphor. Time has stopped for Jet. He's stuck in that moment where he wanted things to be good, but they just didn't go. And so when, um, um, when he goes back to Ganymede. The Ganymede Elegy Elegy, yeah. Yeah. Um, Love that episode. It's a great episode because we get, we get that cop episode, right? The hard, the, the, the hard boiled, like, Ooh, we're going to get to do some detective noir stuff. Um, so he lives disciplined, right? He's got his bonsai trees. He cooks for everybody, right? They eat together. Mm-hmm. He's trying he's to... He's the one who maintains the ship too. Yeah, he's trying to make like as close as he can amalgamate to what he would have had with these jokers. Um, but then when we get to Ganymede, we get to see him confront his past, mm-hmm. right? Um, he meets with Alyssa. The bounty head that they're chasing is her new boyfriend. Um, and at the end of that episode, he throws the watch in the river. So Jet does the thing. Like he confronts his past, accepts that this is how it is, and he lets it go. Oh, man. Right? Such like, a great episode. He lets it yeah. go, right? Such a great so, so Jet has come to terms with his first act, yeah. and, and, it's, and it's past him. Um, then how does the, the the episode with the syndicate killer play into it? Oh yeah, um, Udai. Udai. Well, so he. This is your past catches up to you, um, but he's no longer, he's no longer avoiding it, 
He's, um, no, he's no longer trapped there. He's, he's willing not trapped. to move forward. Yeah, he's not trapped by his past. Um, he lets he lets what happens. This new part is going to happen. Yeah. Um, so yeah. So Udai shows up. Um, they Jet goes on the ship. Um, and and his partner, his past catches up to him. Yep. Right. Like Udai getting out is his past catching up. It's it's again. It's very literal. Right. Like like they they have this shared connection with this criminal. Right. The one was conspiring with him. Jet was trying to catch him. Um, they get on the ship. Think of how strong Udai is, by the way, of a character. Mm-hmm. Where he's only on the screen a couple times, but you remember him really yeah. with the knives. Um, and then, and then we get the shootout with the partner and with Jet, um, which is not even a real shootout because the partner lets Jet shoot him, kind of right. He puts one bullet in his gun. Um, it's a revolver, <laughs> um, and there's no so that guy. They talk about it is like waiting to retire. He's quit smoking because yeah. he wants to like live yeah. longer. Um, but the fact of the matter is, is his past has caught up to him, right? Like Jet is Jet um, is his past. His past. Uh, yeah. Fad. His name is Fad. Yeah, Fad. Yeah. So like, so him betraying Jet brings us here. In fact, we know that because, or like, we know that it's it's that it's Fad's doing because Udai would have killed Jet. Yep. Not if not for the metal arm. Yeah. That blocks the bullet. Like, like they're, the things they do have ramifications that they can't escape. The difference is how do we deal with them coming? And so Jet accepts that what he did, he did. What happened to him happened to him. Like, he did lose his arm. Mm-hmm. He did lose his girl. He is lost now his job. He is now a cowboy and not a cop. Yeah. Right? Closest thing to it. And he just moves forward, right? Okay, so Jet – or uh, so Spike. Spike um, – so S- Spike is a gang enfor- uh, enforcer. Um and he wants to get out, so credit to him. Uh, he asks Julia, who he's in love with, which is the reason he wants to get out, mm-hmm. to go with him. And when he realizes she's not coming, he um, and he he goes to the gunfight anyway because he has to. That's part. He was going to go anyway. He goes to the gunfight and realizes I can just leave. Like they think I'm dead. Mm-hmm. She's not coming. So I'm going to leave. What else does he have to live for? Right. But so the, he might as well die. So he might as well die. And so he does die. But the problem is, is that um, because he has died and he does get hurt really bad in that yes. way, um, he is fairly, and I hesitate to use the word because they used it in the anime or in the live action for his name, he is fearless. But what it, what I mean is like he doesn't, he literally is not afraid of dying because he knows what it's like. Um, so I think the thing is, is that after that event, after his fake death, we get this cool, relaxed, kind of slackery version of Spike, and that's not like actually Spike. Um, part of it is part of it is like that um, Jeet Kune Do, um, Bruce Lee fluidity, where mm-hmm. you know he like he's adaptable, right? Is he going to be in a, a, a ship fight, like a like a, a fighter jet, like a dog fight? Yeah, sure, he can do that. He can get into a kung fu fight. He can get into a gunfight. These are he he molds to the container that he's in. But part of it is also that that's that's just apathy, like shined up to look nice. Like he doesn't act. The reason he looks like he doesn't care about what happens is because he actually doesn't care what happens. Like if he dies, oh well, yeah, he's already done it. He's not afraid of it, and yeah. and it's not bravery. He doesn't. What does he have to live for? Like you just said, Jared, nothing, right? right? So there's almost this sense of excitement too. Like every single time something's like extremely dangerous, he's like, he's always like, now this, this, is this will be the I thing. Like. Yeah. Yeah. He's, yeah. He's bored about chasing hackers. Right. He yeah. wants to, ch- so just like in Bohemian Rhapsody, he had nothing to do. He didn't want anything to do with it right. in that episode, but, that chess guy. 
But then we see... Or Edward, really. Whenever something from that past does bump up into him, he changes. We, we lose we lose that that apathetic, relaxed, mm-hmm. like kind of smiling, fighting Spike. Jupiter, really Jupiter Jazz, right? When, when the guy thinks that he is vicious, he punches a pipe, a steam pipe, and crushes it. He he's just like, clanks and it breaks. He's a normal breaks. guy. Yeah, he's not a superhero. And, you know? Yeah, and he breaks the thing. And he says, um, he's like, you think I'm vicious? You don't Jeez. know what vicious is. And then he runs. And Stephen Bloom, what an actor. Like, he's, you yeah. think I'm vicious? Like, he, he dives <laughs> into them. And he just starts just beating the hell out of everybody in, in the, in, you know. And it's not it's not the playful um, kung fu, jeet kune do fighting that we've yeah, seen more, a bunch of times. So aggressive. He's just, like, kicking people yeah. in the knee. He hits a guy, I think, with a pipe again. Like, he, he's just all over them. It is, it is like, really vicious. He's, like, tw- against 20 yeah. guys. Yeah. Um, and they hit him a bunch, yeah. but he's not defending himself. He just like wades in. We see him do it again um, in like um, in in the last two episodes when he gets in the in the gunfights. Mm-hmm. Um, he's making yeah, up the tower. Yeah, he's just ruth. Oh, no, that too. Um, no, I meant um, in the he's in the swordfish in the last two episodes, um, or even even oh, when he's flying. Yeah, I yeah. See what like you, mean. you see, I see what like there are very a bunch of times where it gets close up shot, and he's just like. Arr! Yeah, he doesn't. Yeah. He doesn't look like he's being a skillful pilot. He looks like he's enraged, and the ship is just making it work. Um, mm. So, so we see that spike break into the one that is really in there. Um, the difference is, he's still trying to run from his past. So, yes. like, so remember in in the real folk blues, the last two episodes, oh. he gets a hold of Julia, and he's he's not like. Hey, let's hunker down. Let's take this guy out and live peacefully for finally. He says, let's run away. Mm-hmm. He's just going back to one. He's just going back to like, okay, I realize now that I'm alive because you're with me. Let's go. Let's now, run he, from the past. He found a reason to live again. Yeah. Like, yeah, he rediscovers or he meets up with Julia again. Therefore, okay, this is my last, probably my last chance to have happiness, to be yeah. with the one person that I love, to to finally have my other puzzle piece or whatever, yeah. whatever he said. Mm-hmm. But then that gets taken away from him in an instant. Yeah. So so he he tries and, to he tries to keep the running going. Yeah. Right. There's this patch chasing yes. him, personified by vicious yeah. and the entire gang, um, and then Julia gets shot. Mm-hmm. And so once just a random dude, like a random the last guy too. (laughs) The last guy. Um, That's the part that got me because she settles down, like she gets off from the ground, starts casually walking towards him, and then that's when the dude pops out, Um, and he shoots the gun right as he shoots the Julia. Second sooner, you know, like he it would have been fine, but she's gone, and now he loses it. Well, and the reason he loses it is because up until this moment, yep, he. Nothing was permanent. Mm-hmm. The only dead person was Spike. Yep. And but he now wasn't, she's and he wasn't really dead. So he could always run from his past. Julia's dead. If he, he can run, like he can physically leave Mars, but she's dead. He can't run from that. He can't go far enough away that she comes back. So now there's nothing left to run from. Yep. There's just vicious. And so um so the reason I bring these two up first, other than the fact that like the two first ones we meet, is because they have that great little talk and and Spike's or Jet's just like why don't he says she's dead and he goes, Well then why don't you just leave? Like mm-hmm. why don't you just let it go? And he's not just giving him like like advice, 
he did it. Like Jet walked into that room, saw like he's he's like this. I can I can either because he he could have really screwed with Alyssa and his girl and his and her boyfriend. Yep. And instead, he said, "You know what? Not my circus." And he throws the thing in the water. That and is literally. I'll see you later. Behind me. Yeah. It's from another time. Yeah. And um and so he's telling Spike like like I know. I know where, I know where to go. I know how to fix this. You got to let it go. And Spike can't. Is that's what he's been doing or trying to do? He's I, he he's never let it go. He's always run from it. Right. There's nothing to run from anymore. So he's just going to run into it. Um and he does. He has a a collision course with Vicious. Mm-hmm. Um and you know, he's letting his past he's letting his past catch him. Right, he's like, Finally. well, it's been chasing me, it's been chasing me, it's been chasing me, and he has this one opportunity to to find to let it maybe pass him by by just leaving, but he turns to to face it, yes. and um, you know, the good thing about that, is, the bad thing about that, is it kills him. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that any interpretation, what a cool fight, the entire last sequence of that episode is amazing. I think that, um, on its own merit, the action is incredible. The fight with Vicious, their willingness to to have it out at the end is just – it's beautiful the whole way down. Um, One thing I like about I, yeah. both – I'm sorry. I'll go. So the my, what I love that – anytime you spike and Vicious fighting, what I love is the dynamic of – like they make gun versus sword somehow yeah. equal. Yes, <laughs> yes. Um, which is great. And then I love like, hey, all the creativity they add to it. Spike – Parrying the with, sword with the gun, oh, yeah, the gun. Like a, yeah. Um, yeah. and and then like so cool. the, the stalemate is a sword to the shoulder and a gun pointed at the yeah. shoulder. Yeah, and they sell it with Vicious at the top of the stairs there, right? Because Spike goes to shoot him, and right before he pulls the trigger, Vicious just isn't there. He's dodges. like, he's like, well, he's like, well, he doesn't dodge the bullet. He's moved, and so Spike, the reason he runs up the stairs is because he can't hit him from there. Yeah. Like he can't, he doesn't know where Vicious is going to be, so he decides to get closer. But now, of course, there's a sword. To a sword. Yeah, so yeah, they have a great fight, and yeah, they keep them, they keep them, you know even to each other because that's part of the point is that like Vicious is this other guy who's who's right there with Spike right Vicious um, even says like you're not the only person that's allowed to kill you is me and he says you know and that and, goes and, for you as well yeah, yeah. Um, what I love about the fights the, the any Vicious Spike fight yeah it doesn't take too long you know yeah it's very quick uh, to the point okay. precise they don't make it an epic fight in and the like, sense like that most we need it to be at least yeah. two minutes. No, yeah. so well, I'm so glad you said that because so we'll take. I'm going to take the slightest diversion to there right. from the Spike character thing because that was one of my huge um, issues in the live action uh-huh. was a lot of the a lot of the I'm going to say choreography and what I mean is the design of the fights, the hand to hand fights in Bebop are in the live action are pretty good, but the execution is usually slow and clunky. Yes, and uh, that's not a John Cho thing. He's actually pulling it off really well. It's that they're they're like afraid to let you to not see every punch or every kick or every flip. Like they want you to know that like this was a hook and then the guy ducked and then the guy spun around and the guy flipped him over. They want all of those step things to be like super obvious, but the only way to do that is to show all of it and that's very slow especially compared to the anime. And the one of the best examples cuz it's the most one to one of them is the church fight um because in in the anime it's actually really fast. And I don't mean it's yeah, like it 80 is. things really fast. I mean like Spike gets to the top of the stairs and he's got the gun and he and Vicious come towards each other. And it's like bang, cut, cut. And then uh, Spike's on the ground mm-hmm. and and Vicious is on top of him with the sword. Like it's that shot of, you know, where he's leaning over him. That happens about two seconds, three seconds after he, he they see each other. 
in the anime, it's an it, or in the live action, it's it's an actual fight sequence, and it goes on for maybe you know fifteen, twenty, thirty seconds. It's long, yeah, and it's got a lot of back and forth. And again, it just feels like they were adding to add. They were trying to make you know this fight should be longer or slower, or we can definitely see all those parries. I I would have kind of hated to see the top of the stairs fight through that lens because mm. it would have been just much, it would have been a much more drawn out thing. And it was pretty long in the anime in a good way, but it was it was definitely longer than the other one. Um, so back to that fight then. Yeah, it kills him ultimately, but it also um, for this is the only moment in the show that we've seen Spike who uh, free mm. of his past. Because up until this moment, whatever his past was doing, he had to move away from it. Right? He had to pretend to be a bounty hunter and not an old uh, an old gang killer. He had to um, try to get Julia out. Yep. He had to you know do all these things. He had to chase Vicious to kill him. Mm-hmm. Right? But none of these things were him acting on his own. Right, his past was dictating what he did in every episode of the show, except for this fight, because he has he, he's killed Vicious, and he's dying. Yep, and he's free, which is why he smiles. <laughs> um, but but he dies, and and we get there are two there the the show tells on itself in two times before this. Um, the first one is um. Uh, sympathy for the devil mm-hmm. uh, with the kid that doesn't get older. Oh, yeah, and, that guy. And when he dies, Jeez. Spike has the um, the harmonica. And and the, when he's dying, he says like um, – he's like, you know, what is he, he – he, he talks about dying and, he's, and he says like, don't you understand? Like, or don't you see that this is what – this is you? I'm you? Or something like that effect. And he says, yeah, I understand. And then when he's dead, he says, as if. And he flips the, the harmonica in the air and he points at it. Bang. He does it himself, right? But that's that's the apathetic spike of like, I'm not afraid of death. But then also in um, Venus Waltz or Waltz – is it Waltz for Venus? It is. I'm scrolling through. Waltz for Venus. In Waltz for Venus, when the, that kid that that Spike teaches to fight, yeah, um, when he's shot up and he's dying, he – right, he points at the – when when the guys are beating him up, he points at them and, and he does the same bang, right? Um, and and then we get Spike at the end of the show, same, same deal. And, but now he understands being free. Mm-hmm. So he's not as successful as Jet is, I think, because Jet figures out how to deal with with the past that he had and how to let let go and move forward in a way that is actually like preserves him. Yeah, Spike saves himself. But he can't do anything but that. And then – oh, go ahead. Yeah. But at that point, he doesn't have anything else to live for. Like let's say he did well, – Well, he does. Survive. Well, I mean – He's got the bebop. He's got like, the bebop he and that family here. But the main thing that was keeping him going up until that point was Julia. Right. Right? Was being with Julia and stuff, but that's gone too. So other than the, the bebop family, <laughs> right, which they have their own things – just just for closing Spike's story. Oh this is, yeah. This is oh, the no, best way to do it. I agree. Oh yeah, I agree. I just mean as like a survival mechanism. Right. Oh, okay. Yeah, but I but see. yeah, oh no, from a from an arc perspective, it's the only ending. Right. Um and it's also why people want him to be alive at the end, but he just isn't. And um and the the real, I mean, the show is explicit about that. This is, again, this is Watanabe being very explicit like um 
or in Jupiter Jazz, which is the end of the first arc, Great which episode. is another important episode, and that's why like he, they do it there. The the shaman guy who we meet in the first episode. Yep. So we meet him in the first one, Asteroid Blues. We see him in Jupiter Jazz where he's reading uh, Spike's Fortune. Mm-hmm. Or he's not even reading Spike's Fortune. It's just the opener. And he says um, the, the shooting star, right, is a tear of a warrior who's lost his way to the great spirit. Right, he's died, but he's also lost. He's so, explaining it to like a kid to or the something. kid who's like, yeah, he's like, what you know, what Ooh. is that? Yeah, right. and he's talking about the that one bounty head, Gren. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Gren is a great character who is also kind of wasted, I think, in the in the live action. Definitely, um, in every way. Oh, yeah. in every. I don't way. remember him from the live exactly. action. See, exactly, so exactly. So, so um, do you remember? Um, um, Anna, who is also Anastasia, um, the lady who runs a convenience store, but really it's for it's a gun smuggler. Yeah. Okay. In in the live action, that's the bar owner, the black lady who runs that the jazz bar. Oh, they're the same. That's that's Anna. Okay. She has uh, like a mater D person who's non-binary, and yes. that's Gren. Yep, that's Gren in the yeah. show. Yeah, he's not he's not an ex soldier. He's not he's um, not another Sephiroth. And, dude. and and I would say that you know in in the show, Gren would be they, but in in the anime, it's it's, it's he. he. Like Gren is a guy. He got experimented on and grew boobs. And he nice. lives. And he lives on a planet. <laughs> he lives on a planet um, where there are, or in, in a city anyway, where there are no women. Um, and you know, but that, the point is, when he dies at the end of the episode, that's the star we saw at the beginning of the episode. Yeah. Um, and and he dies trying to get back to, to where he came from, back to Titan. Yeah. Um, and he's lost his way back. Um, but he died trying, and um, you know, at the end of Bebop, we have this long um, pan up mm-hmm. from the stairs all the way up to space, all the way up to space, um, and that's um, that's the song that you mentioned earlier, isn't it? Lion space lines, space lines, right? Isn't that? Yeah, yeah. This song goes on and on as as the credits for this uh, twenty four episode 26, 26 episode show. Like as as we, I mean, we're finally because because the shows all end on that on that end card, um, and instead we're getting credits and a pan up, and it goes from blue to black to stars, and then it holds on a star that blinks out, but it doesn't fall. Yeah. So two things: Spike dies. But, and that's his guardian star. But yeah, because his guardian star goes out. But he's not lost; he's free. Um, At his final moments, his final moments, free. he's free. Yeah, and so he finds his way to the great spirit. Yeah. Um, I, I think that like you, I mean, you're correct, Jared. It is the only way. Mm-hmm. At, at the very least, it's the best way to to end that arc. Um, but. I'm you sure, know. like, casual watchers would be like, well, expect the main protagonist to survive somehow because we've seen him yeah. survive a lot of He's died before. <laughs> things, right? Yeah, and he's yeah. died before. But, like, this is the type of show that it is – it's serious. You know, everything happens for a reason. There's well, so many if, layers to this if, show. If Watanabe wanted you to wonder about it, right? he would have done everything exactly the same and just not blinked a star out. Yeah, because we know that when a star goes away, someone died, and if I didn't see a star go away, he's still alive. Maybe he didn't. I mean, like that's fair. Like yeah. that would be a real. It's that's the it's the end of Inception, right? Like we got the thing. Does it wobble? I don't know. Camera cut out. That's on purpose, of course. Like yeah. So if 
we we talked about Teased stars. Season two. Yeah, we talked about stars. I'm looking at stars. Yeah. I don't see a star blink out. <gasps> Maybe he's alive. Maybe he is, and that's fine. But that's not the show that got made. <laughs> exactly. Um, and um, now the thing that I like. Um, uh, let's do Faye because because th- yeah. that's also the end of the show, and that's also important for for if we want to think about our characters after the show. Um, I think we should talk about Faye anyway. Cause, yeah. Uh, so so Faye um is contemporary to us now um in the show's history anyway. <laughs> um, that we would have figured out um gate travel and faster than light travel, mm. and she's fairly wealthy on Earth and. In her past life, in, in her, her past, act one. Yeah, yeah, in her past life. Um, and uh, there's a gate accident, which breaks the moon. It's the reason Earth is just a nightmare yeah. <laughs> um, in the show. But also, um, she's injured uh, very badly, and they put her into cryostasis for her health. And then there's an accident, and it sets her up for, um, what was it, 60, 80 years, something like that? I thought it was 70. 70 years, yeah. Yeah, so, something like that. So she's stuck in cryo. All of the people she knows dies, and she wakes up. But moreover, she loses her memory. She wakes up, she doesn't know who yep. she is, right? And um, her origin with the, the, the guy scamming her is really good, but mm. I don't think it's critical except for maybe her jaded this, – this little – she's only two, effectively. Like, her memory is only two years old. Yeah. So, like, so she only has this little bit to base – decisions on and so she's pretty jaded and it's because the first person she met swindled her but the lawyer right the lawyer yeah. I don't think he was even a lawyer or, <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. That, yeah he's not that yeah. dude yeah but but the, but the point of of bringing her up is that um, she is she has no past that she's aware of so she spends the arc of the show trying to find one yeah because she thinks that her past will fix her so remember, the theme of the show is not running from your past. It's that your past will catch, catch up, up to you. you. Like you can't, you can't get away from it. Face trying that's to find impossible. It. it. Well, that's the point. Yeah. Is that it is impossible. But I think that that you know, they're she's trying to run towards it while everybody else is running away from it. Yeah, and 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 she's running towards it because she thinks if she could just figure out who she is, everything would be better. Yeah, and then she'll have a place to belong. She'll have a she'll have a belong. Yeah, that's the big one, right? When we meet she'll her, she'll have a family. She has nowhere. She has no one. Yeah. She meets the Bebop and decides to hang on to them until she finds out who she is because then she'll have a family. Just using them for now. Yeah. <laughs> and but over the course of the show, she ends up liking she where ca- she is. She cares about them. Yeah. yeah, she cares about them. And um, she does find out who who she is. She does. And, and actually, it's worth noting that she finds out because of the extraordinary efforts of Jet and Spike. Yep. They go to basically Atlantis <laughs> um, <laughs> and find um, a, VHS a VHS player. player. Uh, actually, they find the they find a Betamax. No, they find, they a, find v- a VHS, they find a VHS player, player that won't play it. the Betamax tape. So actually, this, they didn't really do anything. And then didn't <laughs> they get really mailed the Betamax? <laughs> it was it was coming anyway. Um, yeah, whoever sent the tape sent to Faye. The, uh-huh. Yeah, um, they. Uh, but Faye was gone. It's a, it's a, horses. it's a little worse. It's a the the tape comes on tortoise delivery first, and then the player comes on hare delivery uh, like two days later. So it was the tortoise and the hare, and it was slower. I didn't um, notice that. That's yeah, great. yeah, it's, it's great because a little turtle. Um, so so they get the they get the tape way before they get the player. Um, but then she uses that to figure out where where it is, and yeah. then she finds her her place. She finds her old friend and figures out who she is, and her memories come flooding back just after that um, on the ship. Um, there's that heartbreaking scene when she runs up the hill um, because she's starting to recognize where she is, 
and um, she finds the ruins of, of her old house and she carves out um, oh my god and that's that's the saddest ending she of any episode out, like all the rooms in her bed she, she carves out where her there. room is, well she carves out where her room is and it's roughly the size of the room she has in the bebop yeah. but it's just dirt uh, like in the foundation of the building but the reason everything that's, is gone the reason that's sad though is because there's no there's no sound or dialogue to that it's just music and it's playing music from when um, Spike and Jet had met Ed's father right and Ed said that she wanted to go with her dad and then he just takes off before she has a chance to do any like a meteor hits and she, she yeah she leaves out. and um and they get back to the bebop and there's a it's it's all music and so you know something's happening because the show's not talking to us anymore and Ed gives the pinwheel her toy pinwheel to Spike, to Spike and then just walks out yeah. and later um we see uh, Jet calling Spike for dinner. And he doesn't come. And Jet goes up and sees Spike. And he's like, hey, it's dinner. What are you doing? And he's looking out the window at the deck. And it's got this big smiley mm-hmm. face graffitied. And it says, bye-bye. From Ed. From Ed. Yeah. And, um, and she's gone. And with Ayn. And with Ayn. And we go from that shot of bye-bye. And we see Faye drawing with a stick. And that's when she makes her own room. And then lays down on the ground to sleep there. Because she's home finally. Yeah. But there's nothing there. Um and it's one of my favorite moments. We talked about it at length, Jared, a yes. couple weeks ago, I think. But the um, they got they got from Ed's dad a bunch of eggs for thanks for watching my kid. And um, that was for there dinner. Are, there are four bowls for for everybody. There's four bowls of eggs boiled, and five including I. Oh, uh, there might have been one right here. And um, and Jet and Spike eat theirs, and then they slide the other ones over, and they eat those too. But if you watch their faces while they're eating them. They're they're Eyes really closed. having to push them down and force their way through them, yeah. and this is them, you know, not having a conversation or feelings about the fact that two members of the family, family. just left and left like that. Um, three, three, All yeah, yes. Ayn is a member of the family, family. and I and, and 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 we also get we also get actually a nice little you know when Ayn goes to leave, yeah. Jet's um, messing. I think he's cooking with the eggs. Yeah, yeah. and then and Ayn like stands in the doorway and like looks at him and then looks away and then looks at him and then leaves. Like mm. Ayn, he makes you know, that decision. He makes the decision him. to leave. Yeah, Ayn is remember super smart. He's, dog. Yeah, he's, he's a, a data, data dog. dog. He's a data dog. <laughs> um, I love Ayn, and and I really. That scene's honestly really heart-wrenching with the eggs because it's the two guys who we start the show with. Um, because at that moment, as a viewer, you don't know that we're going to get more Faye. And so, you know, we start with these guys. We see these characters be added. We see them grow together. And very recently to this, we've seen them develop like right yeah. at the edges we've seen them start to break a little bit and shift into each other's spaces a little and bit. And now the two girls go... And at the start of um, the next episode, the the second to last episode, uh, Spike and Jed are at a bar, and then Jed was talking about, man, I see I why you hate women, yeah, the way kids, and I dogs. What, yeah, now I know why you feel the way women, kids, they and dogs. They come in here and they need to just leave. Man, that's a pain or whatever. Yeah, because that just shows that he actually liked having them around. Yeah, you know, without blatantly saying it. It's the only th- yeah. So all they can do is eat eggs. Yeah, they can't right? They can't talk about it. Um, and so. You know the so Faye finally gets the thing. Her she meets her past. She finds her past, and it doesn't it doesn't help at all. It doesn't make a difference really in yeah. who she is. Um, and so so her arc is to live in the now. Your past isn't you. 
right? So, so for Jet, it's you've got to accept that things happened mm-hmm. because they did. Like you, come you, to you can, it, you can live with it. Yeah, yeah. And with Spike, it's sometimes it catches up to you and whatever's like you have you have to pay the price for the past actions. And then for for Faye, it's you can't live in that past. You have to move forward. You have mm-hmm. to go forward. Um, There's not so much with Ayn or Ed because you no. know, they're young. Oh, yes, but that's why they're there. For me, I think that the reason that they're there is to draw contrast to these three characters. Right. Uh, Ed is a kid yeah. and does not have a past. She does have a first act. Right? Which is this. No, I mean, no, like, it, no, she's... Her being a hacker. Yeah, like, well, yeah, Earth. on Earth, right? She's She, lived, she right. lived in the orphanage. So she does have a first act. Right. But if if I had to say which character in Cowboy Bebop lives in the now... I'm... <laughs> yes. Right? <laughs> yeah. And Edward. Right. <laughs> like, they, like, they don't, they don't, they're not mulling over, right? Like, Ed, Ed takes what's in front of her and acts. Yeah. Right, she forget when in the movie, right? Um, she finds um, the the big bad guy. Right? Yeah. She she finds him, and Faye's like, "Oh, hey, uh, stay there and guard it, and I'll be right there." Uh, I didn't mean it when I said you were a pain in the butt. And then she gets and, and she a, a second later, yeah, some kids are going by in costumes, <laughs> and it's like woohoo, and leaves. Yeah. So um, she lives in the now. She's great. So she doesn't have this hang up that the three adult characters have. And Ayn is a dog, <laughs> um, a very smart dog, but a dog. Nonetheless. And, and Ayn, so Ayn also lives, you know, in the moment. Um, so the movie, the movie's great for this, by the way, because two things then. After Spike's gone, we have Jet. The last time we see Jet is the when, when they tell their two stories. Yeah. Jet tells the story and Spike tells the story. Spike's story is, is about him, right? It's about there's the tiger-striped cat. And it, he died a thousand lives, but he but every time he came back to life, and then he met a white cat, and he fell in love, and that white cat grew old and died. This is Julia. Yes. And then the cat cried a million times, and then, and then died, and then and died, didn't come back and to didn't life. Come back, right? And he's he's telling Jet his story. Well, he's telling he's telling him he's about to go die. Yeah. Like he's telling him, "I'm not coming back." He can't say it. He can't say to Jet, "I'm going to go and I'm not going to come back." But he tells him that story, and he also <laughs> says, I, I, you know." I, I always hated cats. They have a, that. They have their laugh. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah. And um, the last final good moment together. Yeah, we, we also no. It's the last. Well, it's the last time we see Jet, I think, because he goes from there to the hallway with Faye, and there's the gun no, we scene. We see we see Jet after that. That's when uh, Faye was talking to him about why she's upset about him leaving, and that's then true. Jet was like. Hey, that's his choice, man. You know, he's he's been scarping on my food. He's been nothing but trouble. Oh, that's him. Yeah, talking it out. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, so we see him, but that it's in that sequence, right? And then everything else is the gunfight. Yeah, right? it's from the floor all the way up, and then it's the sky. Yeah. So, so we also we get, get that tie to the cat thing before he tells that story when he's with uh, Lefou. Yeah, Piro? he hates cats. Oh, Piro. oh my god! Piro. And Piero is having a standoff with. <laughs> Uh, Spike, Spike. and he's standing there and standing there and Piro looks into Spike's eyes and then it flashes uh, it cuts to a shot of the cat Yes, and then he freaks out out. because he sees that in the cat what a good fight that was too yeah Piro's terrifying Um, and again again, because because, uh, we'll talk about Piro in a second (laughs) so so, so, 
<laughs> Spike goes off, right? Does the thing, and and of course we get the hallway scene with Faye as well, right? So the point is the show establishes like they're behind, yeah. They're there in the bebop. We don't see what happens after that. Maybe Faye just leaves the bebop, but I like to think she stays. I think she stays too. I think that the the new bebop is the two of them. Jet yeah. Jet wouldn't leave it. That's that's his, that's his house. That like is... that's that's his version of a family house. And I think Faye would stay because that's her family. family. Now. Like yeah. Jet is her family. The mid episode like text kind of seems to imply that the bebop oh. grows. Yeah, like, yeah. It, be, it becomes a genre of stories. So yeah. the idea is that the ship becomes probably like a hub for new of, stories. Yeah, of yeah. Um, hunters. Tales. Maybe new members come after or something. And for that to happen, and for that to happen, it needs to go forward, right? Yeah. So, so here's the deal. I, I have a. This is my bit of fan theory. You, you saw the movie. Yep. You saw the movie. Uh, I was not able to. Okay. So there's a there, uh, without without giving too much away. Uh, you can <laughs> yeah. spoil it. I'm gonna watch. Okay. It. Well, the the um the main plot is that there is a bad guy who has um been um he's got nan- nano tech in him that okay. was injected in him unwillingly and most people when they're exposed to this it like disintegrates alright well there's a nanotech that basically kills people right it's 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 a virus but it's tech he has a vaccine for it the vaccine is also nanobots yeah <laughs> and the thing about those is they heal you and they make you kind of super strong a little bit a little bit stronger than you should be but more, more importantly it's very hard to die so um it doesn't make you invincible invincible but it makes you tougher than you should be. Yeah. And Faye ends up with that in her system as part of the plot of the movie. Yeah. The movie takes place between 22 and 23. So Faye at the end of the show on the Bebop is kind of – I'm not going to use the word invulnerable because that guy can die. She has a high resistance. She has a high resistance to damage yeah. compared to a normal human at the end, at the end of the show. So – in my head, she stays on the Bebop, and they are they are continuing their little bounty hunter yeah. thing. Except with the difference of in the in the show in the arc that we get to see, which ends at the end of the show, their bounties remember are almost always there for them to pass the time while they're dealing with their past, either approaching or getting further from. Like like they're the bounties are not important, right? Like they and the show does a good job of showing boring moments with them. There are times when they're just like sitting or like laying around on the couch. Starving. Spike sleeps. Yeah. yeah, they're starving. Spike sleeps a lot, right? Like, um, the the bounties are not the big. If, if it was if it was a live action weekly WB show, it would be like every week there's a bounty and we hunt them. And the, but that's not that show. Um, and one thing I love about the bounties, though, like when it comes down to it, is Somehow, or at least with the important like character development episodes, yeah. Like let's say let's take um, um, Ganymede Elegy yeah. as an example. This one dude that they're all going have a bounty. He has a bounty on them. They're all gonna find him. Just so happens to be uh, Jet's girlfriend's or ex girlfriend's oh, boyfriend. Yeah, the confluence of events. And yeah. yet. It, it, like no matter what, it still brings them all together. Uh-huh. Like regardless of whatever bounty they're the going through, the bounties do end up being that thing that causes the past to come back. Great. To them. Well, it's... in well in those episodes, yeah. but but what I mean is, um, so they they rarely, yeah, so they drive story, but the but as a bounty, they not... rarely occur. Like they yeah. like how many times do they catch the guy? Hardly in the beginning <laughs> of the episode when big shots comes up. How often do they? That's the guy, and then later they catch him and they make that money. Almost speaking never. of big shot, let's do it. Um. I got a game. Ooh. 
This game is called Big Shot or No Shot. How much was this bounty worth? Oh, wow. Um, essentially, I okay. have gathered what okay. I could of the bounties in this show, which are all varying amounts of woolongs. Yeah. Um, and then I want you guys to just kind of give your best ballpark of what their bounty would be. We're going to okay. do... Uh, you guys want to do this closest to or Price is Right? Price is right, right. Closest. Okay, yeah. Okay, okay. So first off, we got Abdul Hakim, the oh. data dog napper. Two million. Two million. I thought it was two hundred thousand. Two hundred thousand. Um, eight million. Right on the money. Wow! Oh, wow. <laughs> eight million wulong. Eight million for wulongs. Abdul Hakim. Nice. Which is a decent amount of money. I'll take that, bronze. Quite a bit. That. Or silver, whatever. All right. <laughs> next up, wulong. we have Asimov Solonson, the red eye guy with oh. the wife. Five hundred thousand. Three hundred. Quarter million. Quarter million. Quarter million. It is two point five million. Oh, two point five. Wow. I just so, watched that too. That guy was such a <laughs> schmuck. How was he worth that much? He's got red eyes. Two, red two, eye. Two's actually not very much. That's because they call him a small fry. Oh. Okay. In fact, that's the line, right? <laughs> small fry, and then he chokes him from. <laughs> <laughs> Next up, we have Decker, the guy with explosives and the dragon tattoo. Ooh, that was one of my favorite episodes. I'm gonna say four million. Four million. Three fifty. Three million. Three fifty million. Yeah. Or, yeah. Twenty million. 20 million. It is 12. Wow. Yay! So, Joe got Joe's one. killing it. <laughs> Joe has seen, for the record, Joe has seen the less, the least of this show of any of us. <laughs> I've seen up to episode 11. <laughs> Next up, we have Teddy Bomber, the Bear yeah. Bomber. Oh, yeah. I don't know who that is, but I'm going to get this right on the money. 500,000. 500,000? 2,500,000. 2,500,000. So, 2.5 million? Yes. <laughs> yes. Um, 10 million. 10 million. Three million Wulong Joes. Told you. Wow. I'm a genius. Haven't even wow. got that episode. All right. Next up, Whitney <laughs> Matsumoto, the scammer with Phase backstory. Yeah. Oh, uh, that's that's five thousand or five hundred thousand. One of the two. It's a lawyer, so a lot of people would want him dead. Five hundred million. But he's, um, but he's nothing. Half a million. Half a million. It is one thousand Wulong. One thousand. That's you, Jared. <laughs> Originally, Jet thought it was ten thousand. Yeah. Oh, that was that, was that one. That's that one. Uh, I had a different character for that. Yeah, yeah. They moved the. I thought that was the dad. When he mis- mistook the decimal point. Uh, Ed's dad. It was Whitney. The. the oh no, but no, but you're right. That, that that Jet misread that one. But the one you're thinking about, Ed changed it. Uh, Ed changed the bounty funny. for Ed's dad. <laughs> oh, so really? they went after him, and it was funny. like ten, which is like what? a quarter. Yeah, <laughs> it's like a not a dollar. Yeah. <laughs> now, and then last one, we have Mao, vicious and Spike's yep. mentor. Ooh. Mao Jinrai. I'm pretty sure he was the most valuable. Because you haven't seen the movie. Oh, three yeah, billion Wulongs. Three billion. Three million. Three million. Um, I just said 12 million for uh, Decker. Yeah. Oh, well, three is bigger than 12. I, I will stick with my answer. Oh, sure. Okay. <laughs> 30 million. 28 million. Wow. Whoa. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. The character, the, the antagonist in the movie is like 100 million or something like that. Um, or it might even be three hundred million. It's, it, it was three hundred million. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. when they say it, everybody's like, "The what? Like what? The, what number?" Yeah. <laughs> um, well, since let's uh, since we're running out of time in the studio, sure. Let's let's uh, talk about the last thing we want to talk about: the music. Ooh, yeah. yeah. So Yoko Kano is a genius, um, and the Seatbelts, which is the band mm. technically that like plays most of the music for for the show, yeah, are incredible in almost any direction. Um, I I make 
you know, the podcast three song stories and on the pilot episode, um, I this was my third song. Tank, yeah. well, Tank was my third song. Um, and the, the reason for the song was because it was the first time I could remember hearing a song and realizing that music is music expanded beyond my ability to classify it. I was like, I like this music and this music, but I don't think I like this other kind of music. Right. And I heard Tank and I was like, I don't even know what to call it. Now, <laughs> I know now that I could I could you could safely say that it's jazz, yeah. but but I was like, it's just music. And um and more importantly, it made me realize um that there were kinds of music that I didn't even know enough about yeah. to know what to call. So how in the world could I know what I really liked? And that was like a crazy moment for me, and my my brain kind of fell apart in in places. Um, and there's this, just so much going on in this song. There's a lot going on, but it's cohesive. Yeah. it's driving. It's exciting. Um, I think that when you add the visual of the opening sequence, it definitely it's, that makes it. that is so perfect. perfect. It it really nails all the things um, that, that make a good opener a good opener, and the song makes. Um, it really makes a mark. Yeah. Um, I think that if you've never seen the show, you may still know the song just because of how good it is and how kind of prolific it is. What blows me away about the soundtrack of the show is that Yoko Kano is one human who composed all, all of, of those things. Yeah. But when you jump around from Tank to um, um, what's the one in Stray Dog Strut? Um, there's so many. Like, like they, they're. Well, how about well this? you go from Tank, yeah. which to is rain, like, and then rain with the with the pipe organ. Sorry, oh, you're good. <laughs> and then even Space Lions, where it's like this jazz, uh, tribal music mix. It's yeah, like all by one guy. And the only, the only thing that wasn't him was the songs she, with harmonica. Her. Sorry, the only thing that wasn't her was uh, the songs with the harmonica. Right. right. That, and then that was, <laughs> yeah, just, so much that was just one person who was sick at <laughs> the harmonica. And even and even those those shift, right? Because you get that Western. What's that, right? Spokey Doki? Like, there's, there's all, there's, there's, they hit, they hit, like, the, the jazz, the bebop of it, right? Like, the, they, they hit the yeah. jazz sound. They hit the Western sound. The blues, kind the of. The blues sound. There is some techno work. Yeah. There is, because um, there are song songs, and then there's the scoring, and all of it is so different. If you were... If 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 you listened front to back to every piece of music that is in Cowboy Bebop, yes. it would take you like a whole day. But also at the end of that, if you'd never seen the show, I would I would challenge somebody to tell me what that show's about. Like there's no way that you would have any idea. It doesn't feel like anything. And I think that goes right into that opening quote about it's a genre unto itself. Yeah. It, it pulls and it grabs, right? And it does this visually. We have film noir episodes. Mm-hmm. We have Western episodes. Mm-hmm. We have sci-fi episodes, horror episodes. Um, I know that we're talking about the music, but um, yeah. like Pierre LeFou is a is a horror, horror yeah. episode. Yes. He is the Terminator. Yeah. Like and like um, episode eleven too. Yeah. So like before him, um, I, Jared and I were talking about this. Like before him, um, we have rules. Like the 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 yes, it's the future. Yes, there are gates that you can faster than light travel, but there are still rules. Like these guys shoot guns at each other. Yeah. They stab each other with knives. Right. We know what how how people can be hurt. And then right. we meet this ca- bang, right? But we meet this character, and one he floats. So what? They <laughs> fly. Like I haven't, I haven't seen this yet. Yeah. Two, they shoot a lot at him, and it doesn't hit him. They just the bullets bounce off. So what are we doing? Like what is this thing? And the characters also don't seem to understand. Like like Spike looks at it and he goes, "What? What is that?" Yeah. And that's 
that's a terrifying moment, which is, again, a place where the live action falls down because they not only did they explain it for us, but the character, the Bebop cat crew, they know what it is. Like they describe the nature of his, yeah. his force field. Va- that demystifies him. When Spike shoots him and can't hurt him and then gets air juggled in, in the in – It like, seems like he gets scared. It, he's terrified. Yeah. He's never fought something like this before. Yeah. Space was in a lot of fighting. So so what I mean to say is that like this is a genre yeah. that that the anime hits. There's a horror episode. <laughs> um all of these things this is an episode where they're tripping out on mushrooms the whole episode, right? There's a black exploitation <laughs> episode technically, because the re- the it's the Ed plot. Yeah. And, yeah. and it's a Mushroom black, Samba? Yeah, Mushroom Samba. So that's a black exploitation film, right? You got the bounty hunters, the other ones, right? The guy with the, the coffin, yeah. the lady with the car. It's a great episode. They do all these genres and the music is the same. The music hits all these different kind of beats. Um, and and I think that that the music drives plot. It drives moments. There are a lot of scenes like you talked about where like there's actually nothing but the music. Um, boy, in the first episode when Spike is Jet's cooking and Spike's doing the martial mm. arts at the end, after after the ship gets shot up and the lady comes out with the with, with the red eye, and then they cut they cut forward and they're back to where they were at the beginning of the episode. He's cooking peppers, Spike's doing uh, martial arts, and we've got just the sax in the background. And that really sells, again, like, we're here, this stuff happened, we're here, nothing's changed, Yeah, move forward. Um, and the music is the only audio companion we have with that, and I think that that makes a big difference. Yeah, and the, all the scenes like that, the one that I remember most is when Spike's about to go face the kid who doesn't die, age, die. Yeah, um, who is uh, the musicians, right? That's a harmonica player. Yeah. And Gren is a saxophone player. Oh, I love it. I love it so much. And we we see we see them playing the thing when with uh with this kid. It's like he is on like a building, uh, some sort of building, sitting up there playing, and it's just like this sort of like something's going to happen here. Yeah. And it's, it's ominous. It's very ominous. And yeah. then and then when like it play the music plays up until Jet meets him. And it's just him. St- or, well, the, he crashes the guy's car, and then yeah. they're just out in the desert, and the kid's just standing. And there. the music's gone. And the music's gone. Yeah. And he's just he's just confident that like nothing's gonna happen to me. Mm. I'm immortal. Yeah. It's, it's, Until it's, it does. Until it does. <laughs> yeah. Um. Andy whistles right. The, he he's got that tune that he whistles. Yeah. Um, which is which is a very Gosh. Ennio Morricone like he, he was like. <laughs> right. It's it's it's. Way to rub it in my face. <laughs> he can't hey, whistle. I, I can't whistle either, man. I it's okay. That. He can't whistle. 50% of the people in this room can't whistle. <laughs> yeah. This is an anomaly. <laughs> um, I've actually been trying to learn it now. but um, My a... wife can only whistle and she breathes in, which is funny. I can do that too. Yeah. But oh, no, but man. she can't. She can't. Look, she can only go, <laughs> but not the other way. <laughs> it's weird. <laughs> I've, I've, um, so, so, you know, we use it for characters. Right, he whistles there. Jet, Jet also whistles actually. Um, in I think the first or second episode, like he walks around whistling a lot. Um, oh yeah, in um, when he's when he's trying to track down uh, the guy with the red eye. Right, we get that. Um, it it's it's really at the front. Like it's in it's in a lot of the. It's used the more than I see most shows use. Yeah. and I've seen shows yeah. with far far bigger music budgets yeah. use their music less. And that's what I really love because it's like even even if it's not like uh, 
like anything to do with character, story, whatever, the music still works because it's like whenever it's not that, it's establishing locale, location, mm-hmm. and the music fits the vibe, the vibe of yeah. where you are, yeah. and then also the est- establishing shots. Even like everything feels alive. The music adds to the liveliness, but also when you get establishing shots in other anime, you don't want to animate a bunch of people in because that's a lot of work and money. Mm-hmm. But Cowboy Bebop, they don't skip out on that. There's well, pe- it's poorly drawn, but there are people in the far background, close up, all over well, we, the place. We, it feels I ta- alive. I was talking with Jared earlier. The term um, sakuga is when uh, an anime changes from like its established an- art style to like a higher quality style for usually purposes of like an action sequence, right? So like or we, comedy when it's One Punch Man. Yeah, <laughs> yes, but right, uh, but true. Um, they like they goes it goes hyper realistic, yep. or sometimes it's not hyper realistic, but like suddenly there's more shading. Like normally not so much shading. Um, and even in One Punch Man, they do it for the fighting. Yeah. Um, like if you think of um when um when he fights with Genos, right? Like the art's different there. It's mm-hmm. it's tighter. It's cleaner. Um, it the the lines are sharper. And uh, that's because that costs more. So, so, so when we're just talking and walking around and making the like ha has, we're gonna yeah, we're just gonna kind of lightly line everything, and we'll just maybe two tone color, and then we get into like okay, they're gonna have like a thirty second fight. We're gonna we're gonna burn eighty percent of the art budget on this fight. It's gonna look amazing. And it does, or like but opening. They didn't skimp out on. This is what I was saying. Yeah, so because very much like why would you, like when I'm watching like anime based in Tokyo, right? Yes. Tokyo is a huge, lively city. Yes. Yet there are no Nothing. cars driving <laughs> around. No cars people. are so expensive to do. <laughs> so so the thing is, is that Bebop is like Sakugo the whole time. Like like it it looks gr- the when when Jet fights Asimov in the beginning, that looks great. That looks like most of the show. <laughs> like, yeah. like most of the show looks exactly like that. When he's flying around in a, in, in the um, swordfish, a lot of those action sequences when he's when he's getting the lasers shot at him by the satellites, it yeah, looks. I mean, it looks. Um, it looks amazing, yeah. but it also doesn't look any more amazing than like Faye walking down the hallway of the Bebop. <laughs> like they just they 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 really spent the time. A lot of it is that there's a lot of painted backgrounds. A lot of the the places where they're standing around, like like the the lounge or the the living room of the Bebop. That is painted at every angle. Like, like they've got it like from that side, from that side, from up high, um, where the fan is. Like, they've yeah. got all these shots of it. But, but the details in the background are down to the rivets. Like, if there are books in a room, every book is drawn. If you look, yeah. um, I would challenge you to go watch um, episode five again, Ballad of Fallen Angels, which I know I have to twist everybody's arm to see. <laughs> I, I can watch that episode every night. Oh, um, yes. When, when he goes into um, Annie's convenience store... Look at the convenience store. Like all the magazines are magazines. Like like yeah. like like they drew the spines of magazines yeah, inside of people's cars yeah. all the time. You'll have posters. It's, it's all and, do- like, it's all in there. And the ships too. Yeah. Like all the panels. The trucker episode. Every oh, single heavy. trucker has their own. All the stuff in their trucks. Like, yeah. yeah. And 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 um and this is another visual element that's really important. And um. And I'm not I'm not trying to lean away from the music. I'm saying they're doing the same thing. Like the way that the music sets the scene. Um, Watsnabe, I, I wish I could remember the name, so somebody who knows more than me about this will remember this guy's name. But he consulted with um, an artist known for his technical ability, like his uh, mechanical ability, because he wanted two big things. One, he wanted the um, all of the technology he knew he would have to have with the ships and the um, all the, the weird gadgets that they have, all that. Right. Like, he knew that those things would have to look realistic, right? All of the screws and rivets and, and the joints and the way that they, they're aligned, all that stuff. But also, he had to realistically depict how they would be when they're broken. Because almost all of tech 
in the show is kind of not working right. Like a lot of it's taped together or a lot of it's like um, two things kind of fused together to like cobbled to work. And it's not just like we put this thing and this thing next to each other and it looks right. The show shows you if you pause it and look like you can see that's attached to that. Yeah. Right. And you can see that like this got taken apart halfway so that this could be plugged into that part of it. The amount that's of a, details. That's a lot of detail. The um, of details. A, a, a really simple example of how it's a small touch, but it's something that sticks in my head. I can see it when I close my eyes is um, Jet and Faye do it the most. Jet does it the most. Or not Jet. Um, Spike and Faye do it the most, and Spike does it by far the most. When he jumps in his swordfish, if he, they, they'll cut to a close-up of one of the panels, and his yeah. fingers dance over the buttons to like do the ignition sequence, right? Like he'll just jump, he'll, he'll they'll do a watch out of him jumping in and then you'll see a close up of like 80 buttons and he goes like bloop and he pulls a lever. And it looks like a piano player playing like an arpeggio that they know, that they've yeah. done a million times because he's done it a million times. But from a technical standpoint, that panel is gorgeous. Like it's got all these buttons that are probably real buttons as far as the designer is concerned, like this does this, this does this, this, this and Spike hits the ones he needs to hit. And um in the swordfish, in in um, what is what is uh, Jet's hammerhead? Then the hammerhead. Yep. Like all of these buttons do yeah. stuff, and um, there's a consistency there across the entire show where everything has a reason. Technical, or everything yeah, can work they, a certain way. Like it's thought out, intentional. Yeah. They're not flipping the knobs to flip the knobs. <laughs> yeah, the knobs <laughs> knobs the like I don't know if you remember in one of the Men in Blacks where. Um, uh, Agent M or whatever, like was going up to a desk and he was just doing this. <laughs> yeah, not yeah. touching anything. Yeah, yeah. He's just flaring yeah. his fingers. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that doesn't happen anymore. <laughs> exactly. Um, and and uh, and good news uh, for you, Patrick. Uh, the the despite the the sakuga of it all, I when the movie started, when I first started watching it, I, I was like, this looks better than the show. <laughs> um, the art the arts ratcheted it up. They they yeah. just they they I don't think they they didn't really crank it up at any given moment much much like the show it's pretty even across the way but it's a level higher than the show was at because it's a higher budget um, so it really does look gorgeous and as somebody who did Jeet Kune Do from like 14 to 21 um, the 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 big fight at the end the big hand to hand fight at the end um, that Spike has is they really studied their tape like he like he's moving like Bruce in a in a really nice yeah. way it's a great fight to watch um, but I will still say that if you watch after you watch it, you still have to watch the last two episodes because oh, yeah, I'm not complaining. <laughs> which is which is like when you see Spike, you now have to watch the rest of the show. <laughs> um, so yeah, I think I think that that music um, and it's and it's hard to talk about any part of it because they all do things. The music drives the visuals, drives the characters, drives the plot. Everything drives, about like, the show helps each it's, other. It's really no? layered and it's yeah. really intertwined. It's hard to pick at any one thread of the show and I think that that's a Wantanabe thing too but even he, if you do pick from one yeah. thread you can go on and on about it and dissect so yeah. much of it you know yeah it's it's hard to talk about everything in this show but that's that's one of the things that I really like about the show is well detailed well thought out every single aspect of the show is perfect it yeah. is I think it is a perfect a anime. perfect anime and, and it's also uh, it's an anime you can show people who don't really know or yeah. like anime yeah because it doesn't Episode do one yeah, all you need yeah it doesn't really do a lot of anime things um, yeah my brother hates anime for 
one filler, but also like the <laughs> the long like when you have an action anime and they spend like five minutes before the action talking about what they're going to do in the action and when they're yeah, fighting, internal monologue they explain what they're doing is, as they fight. Yeah. Um, my brother hates it, yeah. uh, and I understand. Um, but so he doesn't watch anime. But then like I have to. So when I'm trying to get him to watch an anime, I have to be really particular about like oh I got to find something that doesn't do that as much yeah and that's this, the one yes. yeah that's the one and you can just watch it over and over <laughs> to yes, be honest with you honestly. um yeah and then you can watch samurai champloo i i honestly want to now. That's, that's, oh, that's where i'm going next. oh yeah it's it's uh, um here's the here's the little elevator pitch for samurai <laughs> champloo um bebop is about um two guys who are very different from each other and a girl that they meet um trying to run from their past um and catch bad catch criminals samurai champloo is about uh, two swordsmen um, who are very different from each other, who are like opposites from each other, who meet a girl, who are trying, who agree to take her across Japan on this kind of quest that she has to find a person. Um, but they are criminals. Be- like, b- at the beginning of the show, they commit a crime, and basically everywhere they go, they're being hunted by like government and police. So instead of bounty hunters, they are criminals. Um, it flips the script. But they're, just, but they're really just trying to do that. They're trying to get to this thing and all three of them are in their second act one of them is uh, i can't tell them about the acts they're all they're all in their second act it's cowboy bebop but they flip the script it's cowboy bebop but they flip the script in their samurai instead, instead of, of jazz uh, instead it's of cowboys instead uh, of jazz it, it's hip-hop they they took it from uh andy it's just... yeah yeah Andy turns into a samurai <laughs> yeah it's i mean i i actually think that there's there's some meat there like i think that the the andy cowboy to samurai thing is is not unrelated um, and yeah, musically it changes yep. from jazz and bebop to um, hip hop and techno. Um, and the only difference, really, from a, from a Watanabe perspective, is when he did bebop, it's the future, so nothing happened. Everything he says is true. And in Samurai Champloo, yes, he, yeah, he's, it's like a fictional history because this is in the past. It's in the real past where samurai were, but but like it's a fictional history, like like samurai beatbox in it. Like they, you know, there's. There, there's breakdancing and stuff like there, it, it's it's not real. It's like, but it takes place in what's supposed to be like a real Japan. It's putting modern things in. Yes, a, a so, yeah, and 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 explicitly, not like like the music's in the background and it's hip hop. Like there's a guy who in his entourage, whenever whenever the big boss guy comes into the room, like when his entourage guy holds the back of his sword up and like beatboxes into it, so the guy can like come in with music. And, uh, I this is what I'm saying. It's show. explicitly <laughs> fictional. But like, but it's supposed to be like. Kind of I like right this. It's I great. Like this oh, it's it's great. And the art is a. You could, you could just watch all the sword fights and then and then call it a day if you didn't want to watch any of it. But you should watch all of it. That's, <laughs> what, that's where I'm going next. Yeah, yeah. I'll come back to it. Yeah. Well, I mean, we're running out of time. Yeah. I wish we can stay and continue talking, but the library has us have a time limit, which mm-hmm. sucks. But hey, maybe maybe one day we'll do a part two and just talk more about it. We don't know. Cowboy, cowboy Blimblorb. Anyways, cowboy that's all the time we have for today, guys. Thank you so much for joining us on another episode cowboy of Razzle Sam. Dazzle. Thank you so much, Richard from Three Song Stories, for coming on the show. Thank you so much for having me, Jared. And I hope you'll and be and in Joe. the show again in the future. Yeah, let's do stuff. Samurai Shamblin when you're done with it. Yeah, right? <laughs> Make sure to let us know what you think of this episode somewhere on the internet. Make sure to follow us on Instagram at Show and on Twitter at Show. Make sure to give us five stars on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Give us a rating. That'll be lovely. We'll catch you on the next one.
See you, Space Cowboy.